Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Hebrews 1, but before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for hearing us and for talking to us and for loving us and being with us. And Lord, I lift up this time and I lift up this prayer and this reading to you. And I just pray that you'd be the one that we listen to. You'd be the one that we obey and that you'd be the one that talks to us and gives us wisdom because you know there's nothing good coming from me. So Holy Spirit, speak to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we get started, I'm just going to, you know, basically talk about my journey just a touch. Um, so right now I'm, I'm fighting myself. I said something to someone that I probably shouldn't have done. And I feel convicted that I should apologize to them, but I don't want to, <laughs> I mean, bottom line, I don't want to, cause I don't feel that it was totally wrong or unwarranted. And it wasn't vicious. It wasn't mean. It was just Kurt. And I question whether or not I want to do it because of who they are and versus um, if it's just the right thing to do. So I'm battling myself. I don't feel like I'm listening real well to God. I feel like I'm arguing with him. And I don't know if it's from him because quite candidly, these are this is a woman. She's very pretty. And am I just kissing up and saying I'm sorry because I want to to get on her good side? Or is it because I should and it's the right thing to do? I don't, again, I don't feel like it was out of line. I don't think it was like truly like I was in the wrong. I just feel like though that maybe I should have been a little bit softer in my comments. But anyway, so I'm struggling, I'm fighting, I'm not in the world's perfect place and uh, quite candidly don't feel like I should be doing this, but I'm at least trying to be obedient that way. So let's go ahead and get into chapter 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So this chapter one is really going to set that Jesus is superior to the angels. I'm also noticing just in this greeting, it is much different than say Paul's greetings also in his initial entries and startups and in the words and in the various books that he's written. You can definitely see that there's a difference here in how this book is written versus, say, Romans or so many of the others we've read. Verse 5. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. In speaking to the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the son, he says, 
Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved the righteousness and hated the wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says in the beginning, the Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment. They will be changed, but you remain the same and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So Hebrews is definitely written to the Jews, the Jews who have converted to Christianity. And as a result, this author is quoting Old Testament scripture to them continuously. And it will continue through that. If you look at some of the references, you know, the references are going to be, say, Psalm 110. They'll be, you know, just throughout the entire Old Testament, it's going to be in Joseph. It's going to be, you know, from Joseph. It's going to be from Numbers, Deuteronomy, Isaiah. And so really it's just going to keep going and going and going. Um, The Psalms, Proverbs, so many different Old Testament writings will be what this author references. But let's see what some of our modern authors have to say. A.W. Tozer focuses on verses 2 and 3. In verse 2, he focuses on where it says, But in these last days he has spoken to us of his, us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Tozer writes, the Christian faith engages the profoundest problems the human human mind can entertain and solves them completely and simply by pointing to the Lamb of God. The problems of origin and destiny have escaped the philosopher and the scientist, but the humblest follower of Christ knows the answer to both. In the beginning, found Christ there there at the creation of all things, and the world to come will find him there at the regeneration. The church is constantly being tempted to accept this world as her home, and sometimes she has listened to that blandishments of these who would woo her away and use her for their own ends. But if she is wise, she will consider that she stands in the valley between the mountain peaks of eternity past and eternity to come. The past is gone forever, and the present is passing as swift as the shadow of the sundial of Ahaz. Even if the earth should continue a million years, not one of us could stay to enjoy it. We do well to think of the long tomorrow. Toward the world to come, we are all headed. How unutterably wonderful that we Christians have one of our own kind to go ahead and prepare a place for us. That place will be in a world divinely ordered, beyond death and parting, where there is nothing that can hurt or make afraid. He also writes about verse 3, where it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by its powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Tozer writes, I joyously announce to you that what God is, he is immutably. 
God never changes. What God was, God is. What God is and was, God will be. There will never be any change in God. Don't call me a heretic. Check on me. Go to the word and see if it's right. If you'll be a good Berean and go to the scriptures and see if these things are true, then that's all I ask. Remember that God is enthusiastic about his works. God is not an absentee engineer running his world by remote control. The scripture says that he is sustaining all things by his powerful word. The presence of the invisible word in the universe makes things run. God is the perfect creator and he runs everything by being present in his works. That's all through the prophets, the Psalms, and the book of Job, all through the Old Testament. When we hit the age of science, we forget about that, or we forgot about that. We have laws now. The Bible knew nothing about the laws of nature. The Bible knew only that God was there. If it rained, it was God watering his hills from his chambers. If there was lightning, it was God, and if there was a thunder, it was the voice of the Lord that twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. So God doesn't change. He's always there for us. His expectations are no different today than they were yesterday and than they will be tomorrow. So with that, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this intense Bible study of yours, of Hebrews, of going back through the Old Testament. If we look, we'll see that you're addressing us from Job, from Psalms, from Proverbs, from all sorts of books from the, from the past, supporting who you are and who Jesus is. So thank you, Lord, for dying for us. And I just pray for your forgiveness where we fail you, where I fail you. And I just pray that my heart would be broken and that you would be glorified. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.